Hello, everyone. This is Brian Foster, and I'm here talking to you about Spiritism. We talk, or I talk, every Sunday and Tuesday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern, all time zones around the world. And in this series of Sunday nights, I'm talking about the book Violets on the Window, written by a spirit, Patricia, who passed over from the physical world to a lower level of heaven when she was very young. Now, please... Uh, Subscribe, hit the bell so you can be notified when I live stream, which will be uh, Sundays and Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. And give me comments. And if the comments, uh, you know, I try to stop, and it's pertinent. I put them on the screen and I talk about what you are asking. So and I appreciate all your comments and hit the like too, please. So let's go over what we're talking about. This is Violets on the Window, and this is my third program on the subject. Now, Patricia passed over, as I said, when she was very young, and she went to a, like a hospital, a, you know, a convalescent place when, when she first passed over. She was out for quite a while, quite a few days. And that is because when you die, when you get rid of your physical body, it takes you a while to recover. It's like when you're born, you're completely shocked. Of course, your brain's not very developed, so you can cry, and that's about all you can do, but when you're an adult and you die, you're still muddled and your, your paraspirit is detached, has detached itself from your physical body. Now your physical body is, has a signal to start decomposing. So now you are, you are resting a bit in heaven to get, to get back who you are. Now, the other thing I like to tell everyone to, again, is when you go into heaven, you are still you. You are your personality and your character. And then a lot of people ask, well, do we remember all our past lives? And the answer is yes, but not, not right away. And you only remember your past lives as you are ready to remember that. Some people who I've read reports about in heaven haven't had the ability to understand their past lives yet because it would be too uh, disheartening to them. They would, they would see things that they did in the past that would just be horrible which I think all of us have. In fact, one time I was talking to someone who had a, a um, previous life, uh, you know, um, session. And he was saying, yeah, I saw myself. I was like this uh, a Native American woman who was crossing the stream and I was killed crossing the stream. And he was carrying on and telling me how many times he saw, he saw himself killed. And I said, well, you know, you saw that part. Goes, but you didn't see the part where, you actually kind of deserved to be killed. He goes, and he laughed. He goes, yeah, no, you're right. I didn't see that part. So these are things that um, are very interesting. That's why when you have a, a previous life regression, you should try to concentrate on what you can learn from that and, and see what happened to you and why what happened to you. There's always a reason. It's not just random violence. Okay, let's get to, let's get to the story because it's, uh, very interesting. This is starting chapter five, titled Moving. And I will start. Grandma came to pick me up very early the following morning. So she's in the hospital room. She's going to be picked up. And she ended up helping me pack. We put my belongings in a canvas bag and we were ready. Now let's go, Patricia. We'll go slowly so you have a chance to get acquainted with the colony. Now the colony is San Sebastian, which is smaller than Osolar. For those who have seen Osolar, it's a pretty big city. 
uh, in right above Rio de Janeiro. I don't know where San Sebastian is, a geographically located above what city in Brazil. And then she said, well, shouldn't I say, be saying goodbye to people and saying thanks? And the grandmother said, the friend who took care of, uh, who took care of you will continue to see you. Mauricio will continue to help you, so you don't need to say goodbye nor thanks right now. My friends are waiting at home to welcome you. You'll like them. They all work and come home for only a few hours a day. Our house will be your house too, and I just want you to feel at home there. You'll stay with us temporarily just until you start studying. This course you will be taking will teach you what it is like to be discarnate and how to live accordingly. So in that paragraph, you know, my friends are waiting to welcome you. They all work. They come home for only a few hours a day. I mean, these are all so normal. This is the mundane secret of the spirit world. It's normal, and yet it's not. It's fantastic. And it's it's it can be mundane, and yet the the most strangest thing in the world. You can you work, you be with your friends, you study, all normal things. But then, of course, then you you create with your mind, you volatate, which means move at the speed of thought. You decide what you want to look like. You clean yourself by thought. This is this is why it's and you know again they said they'll teach you how to live in the spirit world because you've probably forgotten that when you're in the on your previous lives and they'll help help remind you. So then she said, Grandma took me by the hand and encouraged me. I looked around the room one last time, then we left. My father's words were echoed strongly inside my head. Cheer up, don't be sad, except with gladness what is being offered to you. Because her father is still on earth in the physical life. And they were spiritists. So she was she was prepared for this journey into heaven. And and so this is another mundane mundane fact about the spirit world. Her father was a spiritist. He had many friends, and they were helping him in the spirit world and in the physical world with his with working in the spiritist center. His friends in the spirit world made sure that his daughter was well taken care of in the spirit world. So we all have contacts. We all have friends. It's still the same thing, right? So then I'll carry on. We went through a corridor to the reception desk. That is the place for exit and entrance where there's always a person to greet visitors and give information. I was fascinated by a beautiful oil painting that decorated one of the walls. The artist had portrayed Jesus' teaching and tried to depict the beautiful Sermon on the Mount. Grandma waited a few minutes patiently while I contemplated the picture. As we left the building, I noticed the hospital had several entrances and was surrounded by a well-kept garden with thick trees and charming flowers. Again, the normalcy of it. There's gardens, there's flowers, although the, every, all the colors are brighter. Now, we are told by the spirit world we can only see we can only see one-eighth of the world around us. So this is, so the colors are brighter. We see more of the colors on the spectrum, um, all sorts of things. And then they also talk in the spirit world is sometimes where there's trees and you walk even trees in the buildings, the trees and buildings will, will take upon the aspect of your mood and vice versa. Sometimes your clothes reflect the aspect of the trees and buildings. All these things are very interrelated. I'll carry on. 
I looked at the sky, which was beautiful, displaying a shade of blue I cannot find appropriate words to describe. I let out a long sigh, feeling light and thinking to myself, I'd fly if I could. This feeling of freedom is so overwhelming. And goes, Grandma, can't I fly to our home? I feel as if I could just take off. And then Grandmother said, you'll be able to fly once you learn to volatate. When you were incarnated, you used to free yourself from your body when it slept and to volatate. You'll know how to do it, and you'll remember it again later on. I'll teach it to you some other day. Again, so here we are told a, you know, another fact of the spirit world. Yes, you can fly. You move by the speed of thought, and and you'll remember that, right? And so, and so this tells you, you you need to think about what does that mean? Because there's no speed of there's no speed limit of the speed of light. You think of something and you can go there and you can kind of see a blur of what's going on, or you could go as slow as you want and see the scenery as you go by, or you could just be there. And that is why other spirits have told us, and I talk about this in Spirits in the Spirit Universe in book two, is there's not distance in the spirit world. There's presence and absence. And of course, here with Patricia, she hasn't quite learned all that fact yet because she's still in she's still in a normal kind of half normal physical versus spirit world place because that's the spirit world is very smart right they don't they don't put you something alien that's go where in the heck am i and you know you know I'm, I'm supposed to go through solid walls no they have doors and windows and everything like a regular place except you are enhanced so i'll carry on i took a few deep breaths it is wonderful to breathe clean light and perfumed air Goes, Grandma, isn't it strange to be breathing? As you said, soon I'll be volatating and flying. And, and as I breathe, I feel my heart beating. And she goes, well, it's not so strange, I believe, Patricia, that you know much more than I do. When I was incarnated, I didn't finish my studies. I knew very little about the spiritual world. Now over here, I have been studying and learning with pleasure. You know that we, the discarnate ones, are surrounded by the pair of spirit. Our spirit, ourself, still wears this raiment. The paraspirit is a copy of the carnal body made out of mental energy, and sometimes it is actually mistaken for the physical body. Breathing is one of the last physical needs we master here. The impression left by the physical body is strong and can only be erased by knowledge. Once this impression is gone, we can live without an unencumbered paraspirit. Our bodies become light and we are able to move rapidly by willpower alone. So this is a great thing. This is a great book. And I have links to this book um, down below in the description. And it's written very, you know, simply and directly. And this is what, again, the, the this is the flavor of spiritism. It tells you actionable facts about where you are going, heaven, and why you are here. There's no mystery. There's no, well, you might get to heaven. It's like the ethereal plane. No. It's not an Elysium. It's here they say you work, right? You do things, etc. And she's even talking about the paraspirit. And the paraspirit, of course, now when when people see, let's say they're on earth and they're a medium and they see a person, kind of a, a transparent type person, that is their, they're seeing their paraspirit. Or when people say they see ghosts, they see a paraspirit. And of course, the paraspirit is, is what you believe you look like right? When you're free of your, of your physical body. And sometimes 
what people believe they look like can be horrible or they can make themselves look like horrible or monsters. And that's, of course, why you see a lot of the mythology and, you know, uh, these tales of, of these monsters, right? Because probably people actually seen these when they saw spirits who are ignorant and lower who tried to frighten people or communicate with them. So then she said, I, I want to learn everything I can. So during our walk, we met several people who greeted us cheerfully. I understood that most of them were on their way to work. We stopped several times so I could contemplate the birds or the flowers. There were many fruit-bearing trees of varied species along the streets and gardens. Some I already knew, others just by name. There were trees from the north and northeast regions of Brazil and some also from other countries. Every guest or visitor of the colony learns how to respect nature. Nobody damages anything. Trees are well cared for and their fruits, which are meant to be consumed, are picked ripe at the right time. Even today, I, examining, I enjoy examining these trees. I have seen all the species that grow in this colony and tasted their fruits. They are delicious. We stopped at a round-shaped plaza where soft music was playing. It had beautiful and colorful garden beds and comfortable benches. We sat and I spent a long time admiring a water fountain in the shape of a rose and surrounded by pretty fishes with water flowing out of their mouths. The rose and the fishes seemed to be made out of hard fluorescent plastic. Everything was very colorful and all colors match harmoniously throughout the plaza. Noticing that I was observing some of the stones in the water fountain. So let me stop there for a second. She's saying that it was like for fluorescent plastic. Now, I have heard uh, NDEs and also uh, other passages where people have said, hey, I, I went to the spirit world and it was like this stone, but it, it, it was bright and colorful and it, and it, you know, emitted light and it changed colors. And again, in, in other spiritualist literature I've read where, you know, cities are surrounded by a wall of these colorful stones and they emit type of colors, right? And here again, and people in their visions or their near death experiences see this. And here's Patricia saying the same thing. It's, it's, you know, here's this hard fluorescent plastic. So therefore, that fountain, the rose and the fishes around it, they are probably emitting some sort of light. And also music is very important. Music in the spirit world is supposed to be very beautiful and soothing. It's not meant to agitate you. It's meant to relax you. And music can send messages to you. I read aspects in the spirit world where music, there's a fountain and music, and when at a certain time, the fountain will go on and music will go on and it will tell everybody, oh, it's, it's time to, to meet. Or there's other types of messages. So there are many different things. When you look at the spirit world, like this, this um, complex logical structure that whatever anybody can think can be done. And yet you have so many people around there all thinking, you know, with the law of affinity, they kind of think the same thing. It's, you don't, it, there's nothing that, that is, uh, completely alien is just like one more step, one little each step to things like, you know, here's fluorescent plastic or I hear beautiful music and yet it's affecting you. You're not quite sure. It's just, it goes on and on. As you rise on higher and higher in heaven, you'll see more and more of this. But again, just like school, as you go from first to second to third grade, they make you ready for everything. 
So then grandma said, watching you look at these stones remind me of a seminar I attended yesterday. She goes, oh, tell me about it, grandma. Did you hear anything particularly interesting? He goes, what this wise orator contributed was like a gift to us. I'll try to explain in my own words what I thought was most important. He said that Jesus, in his celebrated parables, tell us about several situations and circumstances in which human beings live during their evolutionary period. The time they spend in the terrestrial orb, this talk about stones brought one of his teachings to my mind. The one that says that the wise is the individual who builds a house on a rock. Monsoons, the storms of the mind and the, sense, the senses act on human beings indiscriminately, being they good or bad. These circumstances affect all humanity. Jesus always used physical symbols and gave them spiritual significance. The rock is a symbol of strength and immobility, for we can break it, fragment it, and, but it still is and will always be a rock. So are the human beings who are aware of the fact that they're not just a transitory feature, but that they will survive the life of the mortal body. These individuals know that they can withstand, or better yet, they can take advantage of the windstorm of temporary interest, as well as the storms to satisfy material worldly desires, to further solidify their union with God. The spirit needs a body, and this body is, as Jesus said, its house. It is the spirit's purpose to change this body until it is spiritualized. Once this condition is attained, the body is not a burden anymore, nor a source of conflicts. Its objective becoming to love and serve God. So then Patricia said, well, how beautiful. I'll enjoy these seminars. So let's, let's ex explore somewhat what she meant by that. And I think this goes into a lot where people talk about the body and, and, you, you know, and the spirit's purpose, right? To change it until it is spiritualized. Now, I think that sentence describes what is meant by a lot of our Christian teachings by the Holy Trinity, which is, which is uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Now, what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is and a lot of the catholic teachings will tell you is, is you know is getting into the spirit getting into where you feel part of god um it's the communication of god right it's 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 becoming it's becoming filling yourself with the love of jesus and god and that is true and it is and, and i think uh kind of a a visual representation i believe of what the of, uh, when we talk about spiritism, of what I think that has, may help people think about the Holy Spirit, right? Because we all need the Holy Spirit, right? It's, the Holy Spirit really means to me is opening yourself up for this, this communication, this connection to the spirit world. And if you have that connection to the spirit world, you're connected to Jesus and hence you're connected to God. Now, God is somehow connected to all of us and because he knows everything but it's this is this connection that is open up if you want an analogy you can think of a cell phone in a cell phone if you don't have a chip in it and it's not connected to anything that is a human being who has no room for for spirituality in their mind now that doesn't mean a human being is bad 
right? There's many wonderful people who, who are atheists. And, but it just means that you're not absorbing that spiritual energy. You're not, you're not following that. And the problem is the human, when we're on earth, we have this, this longing to want to be spiritual. And that's what's kind of sad about many people who reject the idea of any type of spirituality or religion. They have to fill it up somehow, and they fill it up with things that may not be positive and many times are negative. But so therefore, going back to the cell phone analogy, it is then if when you then plug that SIM card is, and then you're connected to a cell tower somewhere, you're connected to the world, right? You're connected to, you can read about, you can communicate. And I think that is really of what is what um, Patricia's grandmother is saying. It's the spirit's purpose to change this body until it is spiritualized. And in order to change the body until it is spiritualized, you must let the Holy Spirit in and communicate with you and affect you. And for you to lead where your conscience tells you to lead, because your conscience is telling you to discover more, do more. So, so then grandma said, let's go, Patricia. And so I got up and followed her, certain I would return to that place and feeling that I could spend all day contemplating it. So beautiful and pleasant it was. I was so captivated by everything I saw that I felt as though the colony was a dear and familiar place to me and that I had really returned to my eternal home, the true one. And then grandmother said, and of course when I say grandmother, remember, she's looking young, right? She's grandmother, that's how Patricia thinks of her, but she's probably looking like she's in her 30s. He goes, Patricia, there's the theater. Soon I'll take you there and you'll get to know it better. It's the conference hall. And Patricia said, is it the conference hall or the theater? And then grandmother said, well, you'll soon learn that over here we use different names for the same things. The terminology varies from one colony to the next, just like from one region to another on earth. Departments and ministries can be used interchangeably, for example. There are many terms one just needs to pay attention. So then we reached a tree-lined avenue with houses on both sides, each having a garden with many flowers. And then she asked, well, Grandma, it's not the season for all these flowers. Are there flowers here all along? And she said, well, we have flowers for decoration and to cheer us up during every season of the year. We take good care of our plants. Each person takes care of those of his or her house. Flowers last longer here because they're fed by the minds of those who planted them. So let's talk about that. So here you have a tree-lined street, flowers in houses. It's not clouds, right? It's like, well, you could if you just went there and you're saying, "Well, I'm in a really nice neighborhood." This is the this is again this is the familiarity that you're allowed to have, and then it will you'll be taken up more later. Let's talk about flowers for a second. In the spirit world. Nothing decays. And if they and if a spirit wanted to, they could make a flower that would be there for eternity if they wanted to. But really what they are saying is they'll create flowers for a duration. And then if you cut those flowers and put them in a vase in the spirit world, they will not decay. But at the end of the duration, let's say a month or whatever, however that person, when they planted the flowers, wanted them to last, they will just fade away. There is nothing to throw out. They will go back to the universal fluid. Isn't that wonderful? So then grandma cheered me up with one of her charming smiles. We stopped in front of a beautiful house. It was encircled by a small garden 
with many flowers dancing by a soft breeze. I smiled, falling in love instantly with the house. So let's go inside. And they crossed the garden and a small covered porch, and Grandma opened a glass door. Her lady friends, residents of the house, were in the living room waiting to welcome me. And they introduced themselves, smiling. And I said, hi, Patricia, make yourself at home. Welcome, little girl. And, it's, and Patricia said, Grandma had not exagger exaggerated. Her friends were friendly. I checked the living room. It was spacious and furnished in excellent taste, taste without excesses. The furniture was similar to those used by the middle class on earth. There were pictures on the wall and the usual sofas, love seats, chairs, tables, and flower pots. Grandma noticed that I was a little vexed and came to my aid. She goes, Patricia, need, you need to rest. Come and see the rest of the house in your room. In the large hall connected to a room with a table and some chairs. In the adjoining room, there was a door to another area and a door to a corridor where the bedrooms were. The light fixtures were different from the ones I'd seen before. They seemed practical and very beautiful. So, again, this is a house that was created by spirit mind, but it was probably created by higher spirits for use of, of spirits in this level of, of heaven. The spirits who were living there probably, most probably, did not create this house. It was created for them. Now, as you go higher and higher, you create your own house, your own landscape, everything and you can make it as beautiful as fancy or not fancy as you wish so let me carry on it should also be noted that the colonies and rescue stations follow the same timetables as earth when it is daytime on earth it is daytime here too the colony is illuminated by artificial light at night the energy used is solar and of another kind which incarnate people in the physical plane cannot even imagine yet. So again, as you go higher, that is not as important, but, but you can see where when you pass over, they're not making everything alien to you. Unless you're very high spirit and you pass over and you, you kind of go back. Even then you probably exist for a couple days or longer in these lower planes, right? Lower levels of heaven, get your bearings, get your mind back where it is and then go to where you, where you belong but they're making you know they'll making day it doesn't there's no reason it has to be daytime or nighttime they just do that artificially to make you feel comfortable and put you on the same time zone as where you came from and she goes streets avenues and and squares are all well lit although lampposts are not used here it it is if it, the colony has one big room with only one light source illuminating it Brightness can be kept at strong, medium, or dim settings, and there are no dark corners. People control it according to their needs. Nights at the colony are of rare beauty. One can see the stars, the moon, and the darkness as well. The first time I saw the colony lit, I spent hours contemplating it. Its trees, flowers, everything seemed to quiet down and fall asleep. And then Grandma said, here's your room. She had opened the third door in the corridor, and there was my room, my own space. I thought it was beautiful, well-aired and big, having a beautiful and delicate chandelier in the shape of a rosebud. It also had a bed, a closet, a writing desk, two sofas, and a bathroom. The decoration was in very light pink. Suddenly, my eyes were transferred by what I saw by the window. I was thrilled by such a wonderful surprise. So sure, she's in a room, a nice suite. Her own bathroom, chairs, bed, couch everything you could want to make her feel comfortable and, and have her own space. 
So now, she said, the window was open, showing a beautiful view of the right side of the garden. It had a delicate-looking sill made of light-colored wood, on top of which were several vases of violets. There were flower pots filled with colorful and beautiful violets. Home memories rushed through my mind. I remembered my mother's violet flower pots and the ones that always adorned the windowsill in our kitchen. They seemed to be the same ones. And then Grandma said, they are. They're the violets your mother, uh, no, they're the violets Anasia materialized with so much love for you out of cosmic and mental energy. They're replicas of those that decorate the kitchen in your terrestrial home. He said, Grandma, how is that possible? So again, she's saying, this, this woman just materialized them out of cosmic and mental energy. Now, of course, cosmic mental energy, it's a universal fluid, is the cosmic energy. The mental energy is your focus of your will. And this is where, if you look at how in, in spirits talk about faith, and in, in the books I've written, Spirits and Spirit Universe, book two, is they say that faith is measurable. Now, what does that mean, faith is me measurable? What does faith mean to us? It means something we believe in and we're comfortable with and has a firm foundation, right? Like when you go to work in the morning, you have faith that the roads are clear, they're not dangerous, the bridge is up, and you and you just drive, right? Because you're not afraid that, the, you know, just over that hill, the road disappears. And, of course, faith to us in our spiritual faith is we have faith in our selves in God in Jesus and in the spirit world faith is they say faith is measurable that is where you have faith in the in the complete workings of the spirit world and of course faith also needs knowledge that's why you go to college and you go to schools and you go to classes in the spirit world because the more you understand the spirit world and how to manifest and use that cosmic energy with your mental energy the more you can do and that's really starting where you're focusing your energy and creating things. And that's where she said that Anasia materialized those violets. So she thought of those. She used her mental energy using universal fluid and created those violets. And, of course, she said, how is that possible? And she said, well, your mother, who loves and misses you very much, feels a yearning that stems from unsatisfied love normally caused by the absence of a loved one. She misses you and continuously ir irradiates her love. She hadn't wished, nor did she expect you to return, trying hard not to harm you. She channeled her love and made a gift of these flowers for you. It's one way she found to demonstrate her love through a living gift. With a little help from us, your friends here, enough cosmic energy was and continues to be condensed. And there you have it, glorious violets. Now, what she just said is what all of us should follow when a loved one dies. So Patricia's mother says, well, she misses you and she constantly sends you your love, but she hadn't wished, nor did she expect your return, trying not hard not to harm you. So what does he mean trying hard not to harm you? Well, at that level of heaven, and it's like in the levels of heaven as denoted in the books by G. Bao, and they say levels one to 10 of the levels around the earth. Of course, those are arbitrary, and they say there's other people up different numbering systems. But what they say is those first two, you know, uh, three levels or so, they're still affected by the emanations and thoughts that come from the earth. And so if you, a loved one dies, you say, oh, I want you back. I miss you so much. That person 
when they're in the spirit world will feel horrible for you. They'll feel like, oh my God, you're, you're agonizing over me. You're feeling terrible. No, you want to say, I love you. And I'm, here's my love. And I hope you have a good time in the spirit world and rest and don't worry about us. And that's why. And so it really does harm others. If you just have this agony about them leaving you, you should have happiness. It should be more like, you know, more like a, Irish wake where people have a party and, and I've been there, right? Part of my family's Irish and they go, you know, it, it's a wondrous thing. You're, you're off the earth. You're in a better place. That's how one should try to think of it. And then she goes, grandma, why'd you say my terrestrial home? Because well, we may have several homes. Each heart that loves us is like a home to comfort us. And you are loved. You could say your ex home yet to those who love you, it will always be your home not just a terrestrial house you use as a physical being, but a home full of love where you're remembered with joy and where you're a daughter, a sister, an aunt, a friend, and not just the one who has departed. Then Patricia said, I came closer to the violets and their perfume made me feel stronger. There was a note attached. Patricia, I want you to be happy. We love you. I love you. Don't be discouraged and live happily. May these violets adorn the place where you live and where you will be most of the time. So wonderful note. So I'll carry on. Those small, delicate, colorful flowers seem to be greeting me. My mother likes flowers so much, caring for them with so much tenderness. I could not have received a better gift. Grandma left me alone for a few minutes as I recollected events of my past. The stories behind each vase, my mother planting and watering the flowers. I recalled her cheerful laugh, her special care for everyone. My mother is strong and her sincere love was with me, giving me as usual, giving me courage and happiness. I felt my strength renewed and smiled joyfully. A mother's love is like a beacon, illuminating the way for her loved ones and perfuming their lives. These, violate, these violets captivated me. They were not only decorating the windowsill in my room, but also the window to the new world that faced me ahead. These Violets on the window. So that's the end of what we're going through today. And I hope this helps. What I'm, I'm hoping to, to send to you is a feeling of the normalcy of heaven. So, but it's normal yet different, right? And I've said that probably too many times, but there is this great power there. And so, you know, you're, you're hearing this from Patricia, how they're in this normal, nice suburb, right? A nice city, trees, streets, perfume, flowers, music. It's a great place you'd want to be. And yet, it's just the start. And what they're doing and, and what Patricia is describing is just the beginning of your education as you rise in the spirit world to become a superior, a pure, a perfect spirit. And how do we do that? Well, let's start with what do we have? What's the foundation to rise in heaven? Well, there's a couple of foundations, but number one of why you're on earth is to really change your character and your personality for the better. Now, Patricia was this nice, loving, pleasant 19 year old woman. And God bless her. She had a good household. She probably didn't have thirst for revenge or any of that type of stuff. Right. Until she went, very easily into the spirit world. 
Whereas most of us, myself included when I was younger, had these disturbing passions, these desires, you know, wanting, I wanted to be rich no matter what, right? Um, these things are all going to limit you in your ability to spiritually ascend. And that's what we're here to learn is not let these earthly passions, these primitive emotions, hate, envy, pride, pride's the big one, selfish, selfishness, you know, that's, those are, those are the ones that, that get you the most, right? Because when you have pride, you want more, you want to be better than other people and you don't want things to stop you. Now, you know, that's how, how, how it works on earth. But as you learn, you want to be spiritual. You want to get rid of those primitive emotions and replace those with love, honor, charity, fraternity, and helping others. And really, that's what we should be doing here on Earth as much as we can. I'm not telling anybody to sell all your assets and give everything away. No. But you should try to help within your power to do so. You have to have earned learning. You don't want to be a burden on other people. You have to take care of your family, all of that. But study spirituality, study spiritism, get the spirits book. It's on PDF. You can get it for free. Look up Alan Kardec, the spirits book. Let me bring that up. It's totally free. And that's how I started. I got the spirits book, Alan Kardec. When I went through what was a revelation to me, told not, I didn't have a personal vision or an NDE. My wife told me things that she learned. And these things came true. And that's when I had to learn like, okay, if, if someone can know the future, that means something's planned. And if something's planned, then somebody has to plan it. And if somebody is planning it, there's gotta be an organization out there doing all this. Because I had thought that, you know, we're here, we're just kind of this random carbon-based life form and we live and die. I, I thought there was a God, but I thought we were far away and who knows what would actually happen to me after I died? Would I still be me? And if I got in an accident and my brain was crushed, would I just be a blithering idiot? You know, when I passed over, those, those were things I thought about. Well, the answer is no to all of those fears. It doesn't make a difference what happens to your physical body. You are who you are when you go to the spirit world, even if you're injured or if you were born disabled in one life, it doesn't mean that you're intellectually diminished in the spirit life. It just means that you were limited for a reason. It's a good reason. You may not understand it, but you will understand it when you go back to the spirit world. But this is why I think it's so important for people to understand and study spiritism. Because if you can understand the organization that puts us in this campus called Earth so we may learn, then you'll understand how you should behave and, and modify your behavior to be the most successful you can be. Isn't that what any successful person in any business would do? They would go to that business, they would understand that business, and they'd understand how to rise or be helpful for the organization so they can help everybody. And that's what we should do here on Earth. We should help, should help other people, but we also have to help educate ourselves and understand our place in the spirit world. We are on this planet called Earth, a planet of atonement. When I mean a planet of atonement, what does that mean? It means it's a planet where we go to learn from our past mistakes. It's all called about karma. So when we live in one life, 
we need to understand what, you know, not to do what we've done before. Now, let me use myself as a, uh, as an example. Oh, and here's the, here's my book, Spirits and Spirit Universe, which I referenced. was talking about the capabilities and the attributes of spirits. It should show you who you are and what you should strive to attain. But let me carry on with me. So I had found out, right? So the more I explored spiritism, then I started understanding why things happened to me when, why, you know, when they did. Not fully, right? Because, you know, I can't tell you how many people say, well, how can I learn if I don't know what I did wrong in my previous life? Well, that's, it's easy. What told us by spirits. Analyze what is, what trials and tribulation you go through. And you can pretty well analyze what you've done in your previous life. Did you have a horrible past relationship or marriage and your partner just took everything they could from you? Well, most probably you did the same in a previous life. Did you go broke and lose a lot of money? Like, you know, I did. I didn't go completely broke, but I lost a lot of money. Well, you probably took money from other people in a previous life. So those are the things. And I've been told I've done horrible things in previous life, and I must have already paid for them in other lives because I'm physically pretty okay, right? Because I was told I would chop people's feet off so they couldn't escape when they were slaves. And, of course, I remember reading about that. Um, after the Roman and the Persian armies met and the Persians captured many Romans from Roman legions. And so they wouldn't escape because they had a place they could go to. They chopped their feet off. So they would just sit there and work on the clay pots or whatever work they were doing. And so I thought, Oh my God, did I do something like that? And of course I, I must have. So, and I, I, when the medium told me that and they go, you ever have problems with your feet? And I said, no, but I had forgotten that I was born with a club foot. Now, I never knew that because I was a baby, and now they have those little, uh, I don't know what they call them, but, you know, kind of braces between the feet. And it, since you're a, a child, your bones are pretty, you know, elastic. And, and I wore those, I don't know for how long. I, I was never conscious of it. I was, you know, just a, a baby. And, of course, my ankles are, I never ice skate, right? My ankles weren't that strong. But so there must have been some part of me uh, in, my, in my spirit enabled me, you know, to, to have that deformity. Uh, but of course it was cured by, by modern medicine. So those are, and those are the things we carry over from one life to another. So anyway, that is, that's kind of the end of my talk today. I want to thank everyone for, for being here and thank you for being part of this program. And please remember, yeah, on Tuesday, I will talk about the officer in the dark abyss and purgatory. So it's kind of, we're doing a, both sides of the coin here, what it's like in heaven and what it's like even way down below. And it gives you a good survey of the complexity and the logicalness of the spirit world and how it really works. Because you could say it's like, oh, this conjuring and this magic. And, and the spirits tell us over and over again, there's nothing, there's no miracles, there's no magic. It all has a purpose. You just don't understand it, right? Because if we were in a primitive tribe, we went back 3,000 years ago and showed them a flashlight. They would think that was magic. Well, no, we know it's electricity, battery, all that type of stuff. So the same thing in the spirit world. But the spirit world, the foundation of the spirit world is all logical, right? Here on this earth, we live in a objective planet. The wall is the wall. A book is a book. In the spirit world, 
it's a wall is a wall because someone made it with their mind. And if you want to and you know how to, you can go through that wall. It's a, it's a different shape on things. And that's why when we think about the truth and we think about what is really here, and a message from even spirit is, is for you to learn the truth is not what you think it is. The truth is something entirely different, that we live in this logical structure with the power of the mind and that we're here on earth physically to change our character and our personality. And there's something so much greater awaiting us in our immortal lifetimes. And once you start understanding that, your perception of everything, of events, of yourself, of your friends, of your family, all change. Because then you see these people are all on their own individualized, customized curriculum journey in their own educational process, all created for them and a lot of times by them in consultation before they were born in the spirit world. And once you start looking at that, it's like you go, huh, well, that's interesting. Anyway, I will leave you there. I want to say God bless everyone and have a wonderful day rest of your Sunday. God bless.